Looking for practical information to help you make decisions about your diagnosis, whether DCIS, early or metastatic breast cancer? BCNA's My Journey features articles, webcasts, videos and podcasts about breast cancer during treatment and beyond to help you, your friends and family as you progress through your journey. It also features a symptom tracker to help you manage the changing symptoms you may encounter during your own breast cancer experience. My Journey. Download the app or sign up online at myjourney.org.au. Let's be upfront about caring for someone with breast cancer. It's a big job from providing practical support and getting to treatments and doctor's appointments to stepping up at home. Then there's being available emotionally too. So how do you look after someone you love as well as look after yourself? Stuart Diver has been on Upfront to talk about his experience as a carer. And today we're joined by Joel Domigan, who is right in the thick of it. His wife, Jules, has been fighting breast cancer for more than two years and is now in palliative care. They have a daughter, Rory, who is almost two. A warning that some of the topics we are going to discuss are sad, so please be mindful of how you listen to this podcast. Dolls, how are you holding up as a carer? Is that how you see yourself? Um, Look, I don't really see myself as a carer. Um, Good afternoon, by the way. And um, (laughs) look, no, I don't know. I just... I, I, I've always seen myself as Jules's partner and I think in my mind um, the support that she needs just goes part and parcel with that. So It's um, the proverbial bad sandwich, isn't it? You know, just a, a few short years ago you and Jules just got married, both amazing careers um, and, and life was great and then it's just gone south how do you reconcile that um yeah look it it did it took a it took a really sharp turn uh for us both we were probably at a spot where um we're pretty comfortable that we could take on the world and take on most things um both our careers were going well um we had good good plans for our for our life and where we saw ourselves going with the family um Everything was on track, and then it, it, it just turned south. I guess it's just a stark reminder that um, you know not everything is in your control at the end of the day. Um, how do you reconcile that? I suppose it, you know it's a tough one for us. We we're both fairly pragmatic people. I'm certainly um, I see myself as pretty practical. Um, so you know we we. we saw that this wasn't something that we could change and we just had to deal with it the best we can. Um, for us, that meant sort of refocusing our perspective on things, working out what was important for us and then uh, trying to stay focused on, it, on achieving those things as best we could over the over, over what time we were given in the end. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we had a period up front where we – grieved what what could have been or what might have been and, and there's periods throughout the whole journey where that happens as well um, but I guess once we set our mind to moving forward um, 
we were able to sort of compartmentalize some of that aspect and and focus on on the positives and the opportunities that we had first and foremost being um, being our daughter Rory that was a tough decision to make early on um, whether to continue with the pregnancy um, knowing that uh, although this was going to be a huge blessing uh, for us there was a lot of risks involved with the pregnancy and there was going to be a lot of um, tough times ahead just dealing with the toddler whilst also going through this um, tough time as well. So, um, you know, it was pretty much action stations straight away and um, and just start moving forward, yeah. Yeah, I guess long-term too, it was, it was the dramatic impact of that about making a decision, your wife, you know, at a time of great celebration, pregnant with your first child, she gets diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer. So there's that, but there's also, I guess, the contemplation of not only your future without her, mm. but you being a single parent. Yeah, yeah, that was a real, that was a real tough one for me, um, and I deliberated on it. You know, you know a reasonable amount. I'm, 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 I, I do analyse things quite a lot. Um, spend a lot of time with my own thoughts about some of those things. Um, Jules and I took a, a holiday down to Hobart um, as soon as we found out the news just to get away from everything and sort of clear our heads and consider our future a little bit. Um, I, From my own perspective, I, um, I look, I wanted to be a dad anyway. I knew that um, it wasn't going to be easy and, and particularly, you know, the thought of being a not just a single parent because I, I come from a fa- you know a family or people where both sides my parents are divorced so when I think of single parent I think of um, you know someone that takes care of a child sometimes and then you know the other parent takes care of them the other time I, I look at the situation that was placed in front of me and in, in placed in front of other people that end up getting widowed is is, is being a sole parent it's a different story completely um, there's no there's no time where you sort of um, where you can plan on having it to yourself. You're sort of dedicating the fact that you, you know your life is changing and you have to be the person on the spot all the time. Um, so that was that was hard to take. Um, you know, I've and trying to sort of uh, work out how I was going to achieve that, particularly with my career, which is a busy career in the military. Um, and look, that's still that's a work in progress, and it's just something that I'm going to have to work on. Um, uh, I'll let you know in a few years how I'm going with that, maybe. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That aside, um, I knew that Jules wanted to be a mum as well, um, and I also wanted a piece of her to continue to live on as well. So I know that Jules is big on legacy um, and creating memories. Um, you know, and so and so that was a big part of it for me, and that was something that I could give her, knowing that a part of her was continuing, and um, a little part of her would continue to live on in Rory for you know um, as we as we went forward. So, you know, at the end of the day, it wasn't a real hard decision for me to make to to do that. How would you? I mean, your life has changed immeasurably. 
but you have continued to work until now. How have you, like, how have you fitted it all in? Do you know what I mean? Working, um, being there for Jules's treatment, yeah. uh, just being yeah. there for her emotionally and looking after yourself as well. It's it's a massive juggle. How, how have you done that? Um, yeah, yeah, it is. Look, I think um, support and setting up a good support network is is key to all those stuff. Um, you know, from Jules's perspective in particular, um, organisations like BCNA and others that can provide support for her um, have been vital. And then um, for myself, you know, family support is huge, family and friends. My family has been fantastic, Jules's family as well. Um, you know, noting that, you know, unfortunately her mum passed away during this time as well. Um, but, you know, they've been great. Um, for me, work has been really good. I work, I'm an army officer and um, and the army has been extremely supportive to facilitate what I need. I've been fortunate, I guess, in some regards in that I'm posted to Canberra into different what we call staff officer positions, so headquarters positions. So I'm not, you know, I'm not deploying, I'm not out on exercise or doing that stuff. It's, it's generally a day-to-day job. Um, so, yeah, that's what we've been doing um, for that. They've been, they've been great for me, um, just giving me the time I need. Uh, my bosses have been really good, but, it, but it's been tough. Um, I'm not going to lie, it's, it's, it's busy. Um, you know, we get up, we spend time with Rory. She, she does have a carer um, that comes in to help Jules, that helped Jules out, particularly in the early stages. Um, and more importantly, whilst Jules is going through some pretty heavy chemo, so during the day she, t- she helps take care of Rory. Um, that it takes a big weight off my mind that um, the support is there. Uh, so just on that psychological assistance, Joel, so often we hear that that is really beneficial, but actually taking that step sometimes is a lot more difficult. What made you do it? Uh, look, my mum's a counsellor. Um, she specialises in um, marriage counselling. Uh, so, you know, talking about problems and uh, talking about feelings has never been an issue within my family. Uh, and, it, you know, they've always been great advocates for that, my, my parents. Um, so I'm, I'm aware of the benefits. Look, I, I like to be my own counsel a lot of the times and the rest I generally would, would bounce ideas off Jules. Um, but I realised that um, if I didn't seek some preventative sort of uh, help just to have someone outside the, the the picture that I could just talk to openly, um, particularly in times where I either couldn't confide in Jules due to health stuff or anything else that was going on with her, um, or you know I didn't want to present her with with something that might provide anxiety for her, um, that I needed to put some preventative measures in place, um, and that I also was con- concerned that. If I didn't do that, uh, I might not notice if I wasn't handling things properly until it was too late mm. and, you know, I've seen people, you know, emotionally implode when everything gets a little bit too much uh, and I just didn't want that to happen. So up front we did it. Um, I, I saw 
some help. I generally see um, chat with a counsellor about once every six weeks was was the the gist of it. Uh, and at first, it, you know, I'd, it was just it was just having a chat. I, I felt perfectly fine mentally, and I, you know, I still do. Um, but uh, but it is it's just a great mechanism to sort of um, release some of. Uh, that emotional burden you're carrying um, and free you up and just, you know, the chats I had remind me of um, allow me to focus on some of the really good stuff. We, we cover we cover a lot of good stuff. It's not necessarily all, uh, you know, grief counselling and stuff like that. It's, it gives me a good opportunity to, to really focus and put things into perspective on um, some of the beautiful things that I have in my life. Hmm. Do you think it makes you a better carer? Uh, yeah, I, I do. I, I, I think it certainly in my case. I think it does. It helps me do that. Uh, it, it allows me time to reflect on how Jules might be feeling about a situation and how best we, as a team, can handle it and um, yeah, and, and and move forward positively. So I, I think it does help in that regard. BCNA's Helpline provides a free, confidential phone and email service for people diagnosed with breast cancer. BCNA's experienced team will help with your questions and concerns and provide relevant resources and services. Call 1800 500 258 or email contact at bcna.org.au. So let me ask you about, I mean, it's it's been an incredible two and a half Mm. years. I know Jules once described you as just being that lucky guy, you know, the charmed life, the the guy that gets the the car spot at the front, like you're just one of those people. Yeah, yeah. I I have a knack of uh, good things happening to me. I don't know if I go so far as to say lucky. I don't believe wholeheartedly in luck. I think you create your own luck at the end of the day. But, but yeah, look, I'm – you know, it's a, it's a it's a running joke between Jules and I that uh, that I seem to land on my feet in whatever situation I end up in. Yeah. Uh, so how how does it feel now? Are you just? It was such a everything was just on a, a fantastic north path, and now this um, enormous roadblock. How do you get around that? Um. Look, you can't get around at the end of the day. It's just um, you just got to keep driving through it. And it's the same thing we say to each other all the time, you know. At the end of the day, we just got to drive on um, as and handle it as best we can. Um, it's a, you know, it's a real kick in the teeth. Um, and, uh, you know, cancer is just a... Uh, a brutal, real brutal disease. Really, it, it it just takes so much from not only the individual but from all those around them as well. Um, so look, I, I just um, I know that uh, it's tough. I know that there's going to be some times coming up ahead that are going to be extremely tough as well. Um, over the journey, over the last couple of years, I I'm, I'm reasonably good at compartmentalising that to. Uh, set that aside, knowing that I'll have to deal with grief and a bunch of other things later. But if I start, if I start trying 
too early to focus or look at the grief side of things or the negative aspects of our situation, um, then it's sometimes harder to focus on all the positives that or opportunities that still exist. Um, so, which for us were the you know the birth of our daughter Aurora, Rory, who's um, she's just an absolute gem and a legend. Um, and I, I just I, I can't get enough of spending time with her. She's a fantastic kid. Uh, and then you know the the time to take a step back from work from other pressures and just say look let's get some let's get some travel in let's knock some stuff off the bucket list let's do all these other things that uh unless you are given such a driving or such a forceful impetus you, you probably we probably would have dragged our butts on and probably not done for um if not many many years than ever so um you know that was um, that was a big driving force behind doing those things, and and their experiences that um, can never be taken away, and memories that can never be taken away uh, from myself, and um, and we've got we've documented it all, so I can show Rory the journeys that we went on because we took her with us, um, you know, and uh, and I'll just be able to pass on that, some of those things to her in the future. What are some of the unseen pressures, do you think, that falls on a carer? Because you, you must really want to be, you want to do the right thing by your wife, the right thing by your daughter. You know, it's obviously a, a constant juggle. What are some of the real pressures that you feel, if any? Um, yeah, I think, I think finding time for yourself is a, is a big pressure. Um, with everything, particularly in my situation, I think it's difficult sometimes to find time for yourself. Um, I've, um, I'm kind of an, an extroverted introvert, so I, I, I enjoy people's company and socialising greatly, um, but I need, I need to recharge my batteries by myself. So taking taking time to be able to do that is very difficult sometimes. That's that's one of the pressures. I think the other one is. Um, that the compartmentalizing I was talking about or or being able to maintain positivity because um, how I react to a situation is going to influence or impact how Jules reacts to a situation as well um, and and that in turn can then influence you know our as a team or as a unit our entire outlook so staying staying positive or being able to compartmentalize is um, is tough. That's a that's a tough pressure, particularly because um, a lot of the time you're always the care is always asked how you know how the other person's doing. So I'm always asked how Jules is doing by every single person that meets me in almost every single conversation for the last two years. That's um that's a real hard pressure to to continually either tell the same story or um or provide evidence or do that and then. You know, the the unseen pressure of that is that you you generally will invariably try and put on a brave face sometimes for the people that you're talking to as well because you feel responsible for their emotions or or how they're feeling as well and you don't really want to um, make them unhappy or sad. Maybe this is just me, but that's 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 how I look on things. So, um, you know, I, I 
I'm not, I don't stay positive all the time when I'm talking to people. I'm pretty honest about how it is and I'm pretty open about the situation that we're facing. Um, but, but that's, that's certainly one of the bigger pressures is, is, you know, constantly, um, having to go over that and, you know, the bigger ones, particularly at the moment. Um, but throughout our time when Jules has been admitted to hospital is those times as well, when you've got to, you have to step up and organise um, basically everyone that wants to know what's going on, wants to be involved, wants to help, absolutely, but, um, you know, or wants to see Jules and it's um, it's just it can be a big task sometimes and a bit daunting even just to, you know, you want to spend all your time with, uh, like I want to spend all my time with Jules when, I'm, when she's in hospital. Uh, I don't want to spend it sort of, texting or emailing people necessarily giving them updates so um yeah, yeah. it's um there's a lot of little things but i guess those are probably the bigger ones for me i mean jules is in palliative care yep. now so and just a, a few weeks ago you thought that you were at the end that yeah must be a massive you know ride of emotions when you think you've arrived at what you've tried to prepare for and then you put, you know, she bounces again. That must just. Yeah, it was, um, it was, uh, it's, it's been a really uh, up and down and emotionally taxing sort of month, I suppose. Um, you know, initially, you know, Jules, the week that she went into hospital, she was doing pretty good to be completely honest and she had been doing fine. But what was a, a mild cough that she kept telling me was fine. Um, you know, after after a new chemo treatment, rapidly turned into a chest infection, and she went downhill very quickly. So I was, I, was, I mean, I was terrified initially um, that everything was happening a lot quicker than I thought it was going to happen. Um, and I hadn't, you know, all those things rush through your head that you you haven't had adequate time to say goodbye or say these things as things not necessarily left unsaid, but, you know, all those things you wanted to close a loop on and talk about. Um, and, and don't get me wrong, we've been really good at talking about things over the last two years, but they're just those common and natural fears that sort of pop up when you're in a, in a bit of a scary situation. Um, and, yeah, I guess she she wasn't looking to improve and, um and I had to go through the process of where I thought, you know, well, well this is this is goodbye, um, and we'll move her into palliative care. And then, um, you know, we took her off IV antibiotics and did that. And her the doctors did not have, you know, any expectation that she'd recover. And they were thinking hours to days. Um, and and she just remarkably bounced back, which is just a testament to the type of person and the strength. Um, that she has, the will that she has. Um, and, you know, every day we're just taking it now day by day as best we can. But to be, I, I didn't think I'd have another conversation with her. And so even being able to do that, being able to, to uh, close a loop, as I was saying, on a few things that we had planned for Rory as she grows older that Jules wants me to do and um, on her behalf and a few other things, just, just some of those things was just it was just that was fantastic to get that opportunity to have those discussions and just to see you know Rory coming in here and interacting with Jules and all those things is great but um 
but as you say, it's a roller coaster because I know uh, where the ride ends, um, and there's only one way it does end. So, um, you know, it's it's tough to resolve that, and it's it's a it's an emotional um, battle because because we're at the end game, I suppose. Um, it's like the weekend is coming to a close, and you you want to finish it. You want to do everything you can on Sunday. Uh, you don't want to focus on going back to work on Monday because you won't enjoy your Sunday as much. Um, it's yeah, it's a bit like that. But we just got to we just you know we just got to stay positive. I think you've said before that even when you think you're ready, you're just never really ready. Even when you've prepared and had open conversations like you and Joel yep. have had. At the end of the day, you've still got a, a young child at home that you need to go home to and a dog that needs feeding and there's a lot of the ordinary mixed in with all of this, isn't yeah, there? there is. Um, you know, thankfully, particularly in the, you know, in the last few weeks, um, family have, have just stepped up amazingly to help out with that. Uh, but, yeah, there's the, the day-to-day life has to occur and I know – you know, at some stage, I, uh, you know, I'm on leave from work at the moment, but that's uh, that has to go back to occurring as well. Um, and you know, to be honest, I don't know how it's all going to go down. Um, but yeah, there is a lot of that, and I guess the sentiment from me from the very beginning was that you know, I, and, and I said this um, when I've spoken to people over the last couple of years, I, no matter how ready. You may think we are. I, I don't think you're just not. You you will never ever be ready, and you won't know how you'll feel until you feel. Which is part of the reason why I've really just tried to stay focused on being present and in the moment. Because if I deliberate on stuff that's outside my control too much, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to sort of ruin my opportunity in the meantime for something that you know is going to happen regardless, um, and I won't be prepared for. And I'll deal with it as best as I can when it comes on. And that's how I look at, you know, at, at the end of the day, when Jules sadly passes, that's that's how it's going to be. I could fall to bits. I I, I don't know, uh, but I'll, I'll I'll do my best when that time comes. Well, thank you for being upfront with us. You know, people like you and carers as a whole are so important, and uh, we need to make sure that we look after our our carers as well. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's. Um, you know, it's it's just such a vital part of the journey. I think, um, from, as I said at the start, you know, whatever you you want to call it, for me, it's just a, a partnership. And um, you know, I I made a commitment to Jules very early on when we decided to get married that I'd be there for her, um, and I take that responsibility seriously. She's easily the most wonderful person I've ever met in my life. Um, so it's just uh, it's just part and parcel of what being a team is, um, and and how important that is for both of us. So yeah, it's uh, it's my pleasure at the end of the day, as hard as it can be sometimes. Thanks, Joel. Thank you. This episode uh, of Upfront is brought to you with thanks to Dry July and if you'd like to talk with one of our cancer nurses about how to help your loved one who is a carer or has breast cancer please feel free to call our helpline on 1800 500 258. For any individual concerns please contact your health team. I'm Kelly Curtin and this is Upfront. Upfront.